Hey, uh, Jackson, can you, uh, can you answer a question for me? Yeah, Mark, uh, what's up? So what exactly is a cold open? Oh, uh, I think that's like when, when like a show or like a podcast or a movie, when they open up their, their like scene with a scripted bit or like a preview of what they're going to do. And then, uh, it usually goes into like their intro music afterwards. Why? What are you doing? I was doing my daily crossword. He is someone to watch. I'm right here, right now. And that is interesting. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Oh, that's that's oh my goodness. Let's do it. I'm excited to hear this. I'm excited. Now, let's go ahead and get into it. Welcome to episode 13 of the Five Yard Fantasy Podcast, lucky number 13. And today we are stoked to welcome back Mark Brandt to the show. How are you doing, Mark? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. I'm uh, excited to talk about fantasy football. I'm sitting here in my radio station where I, I talk football frequently. And uh, so so I feel in my element right now. Heck yeah. That's that's how we like it. We We need you in your element for this. Uh, we need you at, at full capacity for this episode here because we are back on our stardom sit grind this week. Uh, Mark and I are going to get you all ready to win your matchups this week. We did pretty well last week. The starts were pretty good. Sits were a little hit or miss. And Mark and I are going to walk you through the picks from last week. First, we're going to talk about the ones that didn't work out so well. Mark, you want to you wanna embarrass me first here? Yeah, I got you. Um, Anytime, right? So- <laughs> Yeah, so first pick was Amari Cooper, and uh, he he was able to definitely get back on track after you know week one where he was kind of it was it wasn't great for him where he generated only four point seven points. You know this week though he caught nine of ten targets, cleared a hundred yards, and managed to find the end zone. I mean, even though it was a loss, it's a really good fantasy day. We we don't care about wins and losses in the NFL on this podcast, but we definitely care about how they do. And Amari Cooper was definitely a much bigger part of the offense. So uh, Jackson, you kind of kind kind of screwed that one up. I sold him short. I definitely did. I I put a little much or a little too much faith into what we saw in Week One, where he just wasn't yeah. a big factor in that offense, and the Browns seemed prone to running the ball. And I really thought this would be a game where they would have to run the ball a lot because I honestly I thought they would run away with it, and they did for a little bit. But <laughs> ultimately, the Jets found a way to come back in the last two minutes, courtesy of Corey Davis and Garrett Wilson. I uh, stunning L for the Browns. But Amari Cooper managing to put up a really, really solid fantasy line. And I think that's really encouraging if you do own Amari Cooper. I would feel really, really good about this performance. He's clearly somebody Jacoby Brissett trusts in that offense. So definitely seems like there are brighter days ahead for Amari Cooper. Moving on to the next pick I botched, Irv Smith Jr. This is one where I knew he would get back on track eventually. I just didn't think it would happen this soon. And Irv Smith Jr. just absolutely proved himself to be a much larger part of the Vikings offense than week one would have had us believe. He saw a 25% jump in his snap count and eight targets, one of which got him a touchdown. Uh, I think Irv Smith still needs to take that next step in becoming more efficient before I can call him anything more than a TD-dependent flex option. But there is a ton, a ton of potential with Irv Smith Jr. in that Vikings offense. They want to throw the ball. And they will do it a lot better than they did last week. Uh, not even a great game for them against the Eagles. Irv Smith Jr. still able to get heavily involved. So that's really promising for Irv Smith Jr. fantasy managers. 
Yeah, you definitely love to see it. You definitely love to see it. I uh, definitely, definitely, um, like one of those options that you're not considering to go off like that. But uh, you definitely love to see him get that much projection for the next week if you own him. Yeah, absolutely. It's just really encouraging to see him get that much of a snap count increase after a really, really low snap count in week one, where I honestly just thought it would take more time for him to get back into that offense. I yeah. know he covered some injuries yep. in the offseason. I know he was a little bit behind in learning the playbook. He'd missed some practice, but they clearly want to use him. He's clearly a big part of their game plan. So very encouraging. Moving on, who's next? So next we have someone that actually – in a league with uh, a lot of my high school friends, I ended up starting him over Darnell Mooney, which uh, paid off really well. And it was Curtis Samuel. Mm. And he, he really showed he really showed that he can handle those tough matchups at corner and still be a really good option for Carson Wentz in that offense. On the field for 89% of the snaps for the commanders and even snagged a touchdown for two for his second week in a row. Definitely love to see it. I love to see it for sure. Yeah, and, I, uh, yeah. You are clearly not a regular listener of this podcast, Mark. Exposing yourself because <laughs> I, <laughs> I had Curtis Samuel as a sit. I totally thought he was going to struggle more against Jeff Okuda, who I really believed in after he was able to blank Devonta Smith in Week One. Yeah, and honestly, I'm not giving too much credence uh, to Curtis Samuel's performance. I think it was just a a really, really great matchup there where he was able to avoid mm-hmm. Jeff Okuda. Jeff Okuda didn't shadow him all night long like I thought he would, uh, but still a really, really great game for Curtis Samuel. Uh, he's clearly a big factor in that Washington Commanders offense, which looks really, really good so far this season under Carson Wentz. How do you feel about that? I mean, I love it for sure. I love it. Hopefully, I mean, I still ended up losing because of uh, Stephon Diggs, mm. but I, you know, it's still 19, 19 points in my league and on there, but 22 on, uh, in ours. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm happy with it. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely a good game. Uh, next up we got Marquise Brown, Marquise Brown, someone I had as a start and he just did not come out as strong as I expected Mm. him to not a total bust. Uh, he did manage 12.8 fantasy points, which is, it's okay. Uh, but it's I just solid. Had a, it's solid. Yeah, you're right. I just had really high expectations for him uh, in this game. He has struggled to turn a high target share into much production. 11 targets in this game for an abysmal 6.18 yards per target. Uh, he's going to need to start showing more of those deep threat skills that made Arizona go get him to make my start list again this season. Just not sold on Marquise Brown as a high, high tier fantasy option right now. Yeah, that's understandable. I mean, kind of disappointing, but um, and but you can see why you would want to start him, and you can see the potential that he has. You know, with the with DeAndre Hopkins out, you know, he he's that deep threat option that you want to see put up a lot of yards and get a lot of deep touchdowns, but it's just not happening right now. Yeah, and that's exactly the logic why I had him as a start last season. I felt like there was a really good chance that he could go off in that game against the Raiders who really do struggle to defend deep threats, but he just hasn't seen that deep threat usage. He's been more of a, of a volume receiver for them, which I don't really feel like is his strength. I feel like he's yeah, more, no. much better used on those go routes where you can just hit him mm-hmm. the ball for a 40 yard gain. Like that's what he does best. That's what he did well at Oklahoma and what he did well when he was playing well with the Ravens. So for sure, I think they need to get him back to his strengths for me to put him in as a start again. I, I'm done talking about times where I was bad. Let's talk about times where I was good and some of the picks that did work out. 
Uh, I promise you guys they weren't all as bad as the ones we've just covered. Uh, and we mentioned one of them a lot last episode. Christian Kirk went off last week, and he was a start. Uh, but I did hit on a handful of the other starts, and a decent – a couple of the sits were okay. Uh, Mark, you want to go over the first of my uh, my greatest hits here? Yeah, let's do it. So starting off, we have Amon Ross St. Brown, and I think just about everyone heard how good he did. But he broke out huge, getting nine receptions with well over 100 receiving yards. Also, 68 yards on the ground. As And to add on to that, two receiving touchdowns for almost 40 fantasy points, which was fifth best among every week two performance, which is insane. It, what a projection from you. Yeah, I, I really do feel good about the Amon Ross St. Brown one. I uh, I didn't – honestly, I didn't think he would do that well against the commanders. Yes. But uh, <laughs> he, he really, really came through for me, uh, made me look real good. So I appreciate you, Amon Ra. Uh, definitely. And I feel good about rolling with him into the future because Jared Goff yeah. looks better than I expected. And as long as Jamison Williams isn't an option in that offense, they just don't have a ton of other receiving options. TJ Hawkinson hasn't been super consistent. And outside of him and DeAndre Swift, there's really nobody else. So I think Amon Ross St. Brown will continue to see elite volume. And if he can produce that well, look out. He could be really, really good this year. Uh, next up, we got Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz was another hit for me. He's had a really great start to his commander's career, uh, going opposite of Amon Ross St. Brown last week, actually. But he's had two back-to-back games where he's put up 27 points in fantasy. Uh, a bit turnover prone so far, but we'll absolutely live with that if he's going to pass for 300-plus on a weekly basis. I, I'm i really sold on this commander's offense. We touched on them a little bit earlier with the Curtis Samuel pick where I had him as a sit last week. But after watching them this week, I, I really do feel like they have the weapons. And this week against the Eagles is going to be a big test for them. Uh, but I think they can hold up to it. I think Curtis Samuel, Terry McLaurin, Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick, there's a lot more weapons than people are really giving Washington credit for at this point. Yeah, for sure. I There, there were definitely a team that I was kind of high on during the uh, during the offseason. I liked a lot of the moves they made. I'm a big Carson Wentz fan, I, you know. Just, just someone I enjoyed watching, especially in 2017. But uh, it's good to see him back to kind of a consistent state where he is playing well. Obviously, we're only two weeks in, but you still love to see it. And it should should be a calling for things to come, hopefully. Yeah, I agree. If Carson Wentz can keep throwing for 300-plus, and that offense seems built for him to do that, he will be a really, mm-hmm. really good fantasy starter. Just kind of a set it and forget it, which is not what I expected from him this season. All right, guys, it is time to take a break to thank one of our sponsors. The return of the NFL means it's time to get back to betting on football games. If you're a regular sports gambler like me, you know the importance of making a strategy and sticking to it. And that's where today's sponsor, Alloy Sports, comes in. Alloy Sports is the newest tool you can use to build betting strategies for NFL and NCAA football games. Simply download the Alloy app with our link in the description, and you can start combining stats that you feel make a successful team. Alloy will show you up to 10 years, that's right, a whole decade worth of games that fit your strategy and how you would have performed against a few different spread types. When I first got the Alloy app, I was honestly stunned by the results that the builder would give me and it's really changed the way I bet. I don't place bets unless they fit into the winning strategies I've built with Alloy. When you guys sign up using our link, you really help support this podcast and a great company. 
Big thanks to Ally for their support. If you or a loved one struggle with sports gambling or any other type of gambling, please call 1-800-BETS-OFF. You must be 21 or older to gamble. Only valid in states where sports gambling is currently legal. All right, big thanks to our sponsor. Let's get right back to it. Yeah. Who's next? Well, as, we move, as we move on to someone who maybe isn't as good of a fantasy starter right now in Justin Fields, where he really did struggle uh, against the Packers at Lambeau. And uh, it, was a good, it was a good take from you, but uh, the Bears passing offense really not, not their game right now. Uh, just Fields is really right now rushing the ball. They are running the ball a lot. Just I, I really think that before anyone can be a consistent starter, they, for, for the Bears on that passing offense, they need to show a little more. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Uh, I just think Fields at this point, can't you can't start him in any fantasy format. Even no. 2QB, I don't think he's an option until the Chicago Bears prove that they're committed to passing the football. Because right now, yeah, all they want to do is yeah. run. It. Yeah, uh, it does not look like they're passing a lot. He would be oh, like a two-point fantasy game, excuse me, if he hadn't managed to get into the end zone as a runner. <laughs> like that was that's really all the fantasy production we've gotten from Justin Fields so far has been on the ground. And we'll take that with the passing, but we're not getting the passing yet. So Justin Fields has to rest on the bench for me. Uh, I feel pretty good about that pick. And Lambeau Field has been a nightmare for Justin Fields so far for in his career, mm. which is really not great. Uh, last one here, and then we'll move on to this week's picks. Dawson Knox. Knox was one of the picks I was actually really nervous about when I heard Gabe Davis was out for the Monday night game because I made this list before Gabe Davis was confirmed to be out. He was questionable at the time, but I thought he would go. Uh, ended up not being the case, but I stuck to my guns. And I just, I felt like Knox wasn't going to be a major factor in that Bills passing offense. And once again, he's not a major factor in that Bills passing offense. It's built for Stephon Diggs. It's built for Isaiah McKenzie. Mm -hmm. It's built for Gabe Davis. It is not built for tight ends to succeed as passing options. They're blocking. He is not a major fantasy option. Even without Gabe Davis, he only manages eight fantasy points. I just can't recommend you start him. Not a great pick. Even in a really, really tough uh, tight end field this year tight ends have been struggling to put up major fans yeah yeah for sure I mean I, I unfortunately I have Dawson Knox in that same league where I started Curtis Samuel and uh, <laughs> I, I lost yeah. <laughs> uh, no I, I lost because Stefan Diggs scored 40 points but um yeah no it, it, ha- it hasn't been working out great for me so far I have like one share of Dawson Knox in one of my leagues. And I just, I've been benching him in the last couple of weeks. I'm using him as a backup tight end right now to Evan. Yeah, I can't blame you. Can't blame you. Evan Engram went off for me last week. I was feeling good about that pick too. I <laughs> uh, wasn't confident enough in it to put it on the podcast, but uh, wishing I had. Uh, <laughs> right. I think it's time to get into the picks for this week. We've each got a few starts and a few sits for you guys, and we're going to go ahead and give the guest the privilege of starting us off with his list. And uh, for Mark, we like to start with our starts around here, if you'll pardon the pun, uh, and take it away. All right. Well, my first start is David Montgomery. Obviously, they're coming off – the Bears are coming off a big loss against the Packers, but Monty was really good in that game. He rushed for over 100 yards on a very good Packers defense. And I think with him having the task of facing the Texans, who have given up the third most rushing yards in the league so far, I do think he could be a big hit for anyone's fantasy teams out there. I agree. I I really do think Montgomery's a great option this week. That Texans defense is just abysmal. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think 
be able to abuse them. He was really able to have a great game last week against uh, the Packers, like you mentioned. Impressed me a lot against that defense. I thought they would hold up a lot better. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Who you got next? Next I have, and I have, you know, I try to throw in something positive for my Denver Broncos oh, every yeah. time I talk football. So I'm taking Cortland Sutton as one of my starts. It's definitely a bit of an interesting one because the 49ers, who the Broncos will play in prime time on Sunday, have given up the least amount of passing yards in the league, but they've only been passed on 48 times total this season so far. So with Sutton in a very heavy passing offense, and we saw him do very well last week, I do think he could have a really good week. Wow. Mark coming in with the high-level analytics. Who else is going to get you with that where the 49ers <laughs> haven't been passed on very much? I, I didn't even know that. All I knew is they, they hadn't given up many yards, but I didn't even think to, to look at the attempts numbers. That's Look at that. Wow. This is why you guys listen to this podcast right here. Thank you, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to agree with you. Cortland Sutton, he's been pretty interesting this season. The volume is definitely there, especially if Jerry Judy is not cleared to go yeah. uh, for the Broncos this year. KJ Hamler is already out, so could be interesting for, for him. I'll tell you my next one. It is the goofball, Jared Goff. He was impressive against the Commanders. He threw for 256 yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. So that's a positive. And now he's facing one of the worst passing defenses in the league in Minnesota. I definitely think he could build off his performance on Sunday and have a really, really good day against the Minnesota Vikings. I am a – personally, this is a biased take, but I am a huge Jared Goff stan. Uh, <laughs> as, a, as a Rams fan, when we had Jared Goff, uh, I remember we drafted him. He's one of the first NFL jerseys I've ever bought. I bought his color rush jersey a month before we traded him. Uh, yes, we were talking about that. Yeah, yeah, I think I mentioned that in our group chat the other day. Uh, I <laughs> I love me some Jared Goff, so anytime we're talking good Jared Goff, I am, I'm down for it. Uh, <laughs> my, my brain is out the window, but my heart says, yes, go Jared Goff. <laughs> All, All right, right. Let, your tight end. Yeah, so my last start is George Kittle, which, again, another interesting one because he's coming off an injury that saw him sidelined the past two weeks, but if he does play, the Broncos struggle against top-tier tight ends every year. And obviously, if you have not been watching football, George Kittle is one of those. So I definitely think I could see him putting numbers because he's got Jimmy G back at the helm, and he likes to target George Kittle. So obviously, this is only if he is playing. There is, there is a lot of uh, positivity from the 49ers that he will play. I believe he was limited in practice today. So hopefully... If you do start him, he goes off. Yeah, I agree with you. If he if he can get out on the field, I think Kittle could be the spark that that 49ers offense really needs to get going, especially under Jimmy G. They've been dealing with a lot of injuries this season, but uh, I think getting Kittle back would be a really big boost for that team. He's definitely a big leader for them. He's a beast. Uh, I would love to see him back on the field. All right, my starts list here. Let's get into it. Uh, first up, I got Juju Smith-Schuster, TikTok man himself. <laughs> he is facing the awful Indianapolis secondary this week. And like I talked about on the last episode, anytime you get a good receiver matchup against the Indy secondary, you have to take advantage. And after an up-and-down start to the season, I think Juju is primed for a great game against the Colts. He carries volume and TD upside in this game. 
The Chiefs should be able to move the ball as they please through the air. I really do feel good about Juju Smith. Obviously, Travis Kelsey is also a start, but a little bit too obvious to be included on this list. So I went with Juju Smith-Schuster. I think he definitely gets the most volume of those Chiefs receivers, All of, a lot of which could be fantasy viable this week, in my opinion. Yeah, no, I love that pick. The Colts have been very, very bad to start the year, and the Chiefs have been very, very good to start the year. So I think that when you pair Patrick Mahomes with a receiver like Juju Smith-Schuster against the defense like the Colts, how they're playing right now, it, it should be a good matchup for Juju. Absolutely. Uh, next up, I got, I'm rolling with a rookie, a rookie who dethroned one of my off-season fantasy sleeper picks in Marlon Mack. I... Uh, a little, still a little salty about you about that, but uh, Damian Pierce, Pierce gets a favorable matchup this week against a Bears rushing defense that just got ripped to shreds by Aaron Jones. The Bears are allowing a absurd 8.23 yards per carry to RB ones this season so far. That's Elijah Mitchell and Aaron Jones, so two pretty solid running backs. They have absolutely torched the Bears defense. Pierce should be able to get some easy yards against them. And if he manages to find himself into the end zone, I think he's probably one of the best flex starts of the week. Uh, I wouldn't trust him much more than flex. I think there's still a little bit of risk there in, in terms of usage, but I think Pierce has a lot of upside as a flex this week. Yeah, no, I would definitely agree. Um, watch, watching him against my Broncos, uh, he definitely he definitely looked good against what was a very good Broncos run defense. And his usage increased. And with that, he, he's going to put up points. And I think that you hit, a, I think you're going to hit on this pick, mostly because I was going to pick him too. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Great minds think alike. Uh, exactly. My tight end here, I got Tyler Higby. Uh, this is a little bit of a homer pick, but uh, Higby has been targeted 20 times over the first two weeks. And he managed a very efficient performance last week against the Falcons. This week, he's headed to Arizona to face the Cardinals, who've allowed 21 and a half points per game to tight end so far this season. That's absurd. Uh, Higby should be able to get heavily involved this week for Matt Stafford. Matt Stafford clearly has been looking his way a lot. I think that continues this week. Yeah, for sure. Uh, clearly, the Cardinals are not playing well against tight ends. And when you have a, when you have a tight end like Higby, who's been targeted a lot so far, I think that uh, that should prove a good matchup. I agree. Derek Carr, my quarterback start of the week is Derek Carr. He gets to face the Titans defense that just got set ablaze by Josh Allen and then allowed Daniel Jones to complete 80% of his passes in week one, which anytime you're allowing Daniel Jones to complete 80% of his passes with that New York offense, you have major problems on your hands. Uh, and Derek Carr has a lot better weapons with Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, Darren Waller. He should be able to connect with those guys pretty regularly unless the Titans defense somehow makes a massive turnaround. Uh, this week, which without getting Harold Landry back, I, I see no way in which they do that. Yeah, for sure. Uh, two teams that are 0-2 coming in. So, you know, Derek Carr looking for something to prove right now. The Titans defense, like you said, has been bad the past two weeks. So I do think that with Derek Carr and the weapons he has around him, hopefully he's built up some more chemistry now with them. I think he could go off. I agree. All right, Mark, let's get into the uh, less favorable matchups of the week. Who are you sitting this week? So I'll start with the quarterback that I am sitting. And I might sound like a crazy man, but I'm going to a tongue of Iloa. And even though he went absolutely crazy against the Ravens, I don't think that's going to happen against the Bills. Their defense is absolutely elite. And like I said, it's going to be very hard to do what he did to Baltimore's defense against the Bills. 
I absolutely agree with you. One of my sits kind of matches up with this pick. Uh, the Bills have just limited quarterbacks so far for fantasy uh, and just in general. I, I think that's a great pick. All right, next up is my running back, and I have Ezekiel Elliott, mostly because the Giants have done such a good job at stopping the run with both teams they've played so far, and I just can't see it stopping anytime soon, especially with the Cowboys, the way their offensive line is right now, very injury-riddled. So I would not bank on Zeke having a great game at all. Yeah, I totally agree with you. The Giants have done a really, really phenomenal job of stopping the run. Uh, I I think they can totally feast on that Cowboys injured offensive line. Like you mentioned, Tyler Smith, he has been really up and down at tackle for them. So I just, I, I'm right there with you. I would not bank on Zeke. Yeah, for sure. So next up, I have Terry McLaurin at the wide receiver spot. Another surprising one here, but the way Philly's defensive back has been playing and also the the share that Carson Wentz has been able to deliver among his wide receivers in Washington. I just don't know if Terry, mostly because he's disappointed for me, I just don't know if he's a great option right now. I love it. I love week. it. You got you got burned and now you're <laughs> trying yep. to save everybody else. <laughs> yeah. But uh, lastly, lastly, I have TJ Hawkinson. And uh, he's just off to a very slow start, only hauling in nine receptions for 64 yards. Golf is clearly favored wide receiver in Amon Ross St. Brown, and I just don't think that's going to change. And I just don't – I can't bank on the cons- the inconsistency of TJ Hawkinson right now. I, I agree with that. Hawkinson has been off to a surprisingly slow start, and I think a lot of that just have to does have to do with the fact that Amon Ross St. Brown is clearly the favorite target in that offense. It's clearly designed for him and Jared Goff to succeed in that way, and then DeAndre Swift to kind of clean up as a runner and get some receiving targets as well. Uh, my sits of the week. First up, I got Russell Wilson. Uh, sorry no. to do this, Mark, but Russell <laughs> hasn't had a great start to his Broncos career, and I think that continues this week against the 49ers. He's likely without KJ Hamler and Jerry Judy, and he's facing a very, very tough 49ers defense that, like you mentioned earlier, they have been really great against the pass, allowed the fewest passing yards so far, and they've allowed less than 15 fantasy points to both of the quarterbacks that they've faced. I think that continues this week against Russell Wilson. My yeah, running. That's, uh, that's t- tough for me to hear. I, I'm sure it is. I, I'm sorry to do it to you. <laughs> uh, I, I know you're a big Broncos fan. Uh, James Conner is my running back of the week for my sit. The Rams bottled up Cordero Patterson to just 4.1 fantasy points, keeping him out of the passing game entirely. And James Conner has not had a great start to this year. And I think that continues against the Rams. They've been a top 15 unit against the run through two weeks. And James Conner's too touchdown dependent to rely on him in this game, which I think could become a passing shootout really quickly. Yeah, I definitely agree. Love love that pick. And then uh, my receiver of the week is Tyreek Hill. Hill was fantastic last week and will be great during a number of weeks this season. I just don't think week three is one of them. Uh, He and the Dolphins head to face the Bills. They've been they've just made passing the ball an extreme challenge. Matthew Stafford and Ryan Tannehill, two usually pretty decent quarterbacks, finished worse than QB 30 against the Bills defense this year. I I think the Bills will game plan around limiting Hill's effectiveness. So if there is an effective receiver in that Dolphins offense, it's probably going to be Jalen Waddle. I just think Hill is going to get bottled up this week by that Bills defense. And my last pick of the week at tight end, Dallas Goddard. Uh, this one's pretty surprising because he's been really effective through these through this season. 
but so have the commanders at limiting tight ends through the first two weeks of the season. They held TJ Hawkinson and Evan Ingram to a combined 12 fantasy points across the first two weeks and should be able to keep it up against Philly. Uh, as a side note, Evan Ingram almost scored 12 fantasy points in week two alone after scoring like four against them in week one. Uh, so much like the Bills, the Eagles have designed their passing attack for their receivers, not their tight ends. Despite Goddard's effectiveness to this point, I just cannot list him as a start this week. I think the commanders will be really good at limiting him. All right, y'all. That route wraps us up. We are running out of time here. Uh, I hope you guys enjoy the Steelers versus Browns game tonight, and hopefully nobody gets bashed with a helmet this time. Uh, Mark, quickly, let the people know what you've been working on and where they can check it out. Uh, so like I said earlier, I'm a, I'm a part of my college's radio station, which is Brave New Radio. You can find us at gobrave.org. Also a part of my campus's TV station, WPTV, where you can find us at WP Sports Desk, which is the show I produce the NFL blocks for come, uh, upcoming this semester. But, yeah, that's pretty much it. Obviously been writing articles for Offsides alongside you. So, you know, we're cooking. Heck, yeah. Check them out at Offsides.com and both of those two places. Uh, really appreciate you being here, Mark. Thank you very much. I will see you guys next Tuesday where we'll do our week three takeaways. I am looking forward to it. Take care, y'all. We are out of here. He is someone to watch. I'm right here, right now. And that is interesting. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's that's oh my goodness. Let's hear it. I'm excited to hear this. I'm excited. Uh, let's go ahead and get into it.